And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Prodger Ritchie, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. And good evening, everybody, and Steeler Nation. Welcome to this primetime edition here of the Mass Steel Podcast. As well as right now, I got a special guest with me. He is joining me by audio t- tonight via Zoom. I'm talking about none other than Joey right now of the Donut Bag Podcast, which is also part of the Pod Hub Network and Steelers Brawl. Uh, you can follow Joey on Twitter at Joey Bag of Donuts. That's O V, that's not O F, at Joey Bag of Donuts. And on Instagram at the Donut Bag, at the Donut Bag, Bag Podcast. You can also catch and listen to uh, his shows uh, on uh, platforms such as Apple Podcast. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Breaker, Overcast, Spreaker, and Spotify. And then, of course, myself, you know where you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at PrizeUrichie primarily. For the Metal Steel Podcast on Twitter, it is at Metal Steel CGR. And on Instagram, it is at Metal Steel Nation right now. It is officially uh, forcing hand down the Steelers' official bye week, Joey, right now. And uh, thanks to like the concerns due to COVID-19, starting to get the fresh breath of reality right now it is uh it went from 10 to 13 players total across the nfl testing positive for covid19 as we're aware the titans number just seems to keep adding up for right now is now up to 10 players plus six personnel staff but as the reschedule was retweeted out yesterday afternoon by brian mccarthy who's uh nfl pr uh guy he tweeted out uh, officially confirming that the Steelers and Titans, they'll be, and this was also confirmed by Missy Matthews of Steelers Live, which she's also a Steeler reporter, that the Steelers and Titans will now instead play the original date the Steelers and Ravens were supposed to meet on, which was in week number seven on October 25th. And then the Ravens game will be moved up a week, which was supposed to be the original Steelers by uh, on November 1st. Each of those games will be a 1 p.m. Eastern time start. And Joey, right now, uh, thanks very much uh, for joining us. First and foremost, how's you and the family and how's yourself doing throughout everything? And welcome to the show. Thanks, yeah. Um, doing all right. Everybody's uh, everybody's doing all right. Uh, luckily, no uh, no COVID issues or no issues or anything like that. We're right. Yeah, so uh, real quick before we get into a little bit more, I was just uh, doing a little research uh, uh, on yourself and everything, and I know you also do Steelers Brawl in addition to Steelers, uh, I mean, including to, like, uh, Bag of Donuts. Uh, tell us, like, a little bit more, like, uh, what you get in depth on. I know we just uh, met not too long ago uh, through social media when the last uh, month or two. Please uh, brought up the audience uh, for people, those of you that are tuning in to this live stream right now on uh, Facebook, just to give a little bit more info. Uh, I, uh, I basically live on Twitter. I basically tweet all the time. Right. I am a, uh, native Pittsburgher, lived in the Pittsburgh area all my life. Uh, Steeler fan since I could walk. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I tweet a lot about the Steelers. I follow them closely. I talk to them about them on my podcast and I also talk about them on Steelers brawl. And if I could, I talk about the Steelers 24 seven, I guess you need to sleep sometime, but yeah, that's uh, so let me my ask, favorite subject. Let me ask you a question with being a Pittsburgh lifer was sounds like where you were, you uh, one of the many reluctant participants to catch any of the spit from Bill Cower by any chance crossing paths with them. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Were you one of the reluctant Steelers fans growing up since being such a diehard? Did you ever have to cross paths with Bill Cowher and feel any of his spit coming at you? I know he has always been ridden about people who need like a spit shield with his players and stuff. <laughs> no. Were you one, were you one of the un- unfortunate receiving uh, recipients of that by any chance? I, I haven't, and I, I don't know how he's doing now with all these uh, COVID yeah. things and social distance. I guess with, with, with certain people, you have to stay six feet away, but with Cowher, maybe you have to stay like yeah, I know. You know what? I, I, I'm sorry for the joke, by the way. Just a little like a uh, pun right there. I mean, I, I know he's always like gets like ribbed about that, but uh, in general, I mean, like I said, this will have been his uh, year in the Hall of Fame with guys like uh, who he coached, Troy Palomar, and then of course Stein Show, who played in the '70s. Of course, that was not to be. I mean, the only significant changes we saw throughout the off season, as everybody's been following, uh, not just with the Steelers but in the NFL. Uh, what happened not only did the Hall of Fame ceremony and and exhibition game get canceled, but the whole preseason as well. Uh, the players pretty much uh, had options to like uh, sign a waiver right there to opt out of the season. We had about 67 players in total, which three teams, which includes the Steelers, that have not had any players decided to not opt out of the season. So the other two teams are the Chargers and Falcons right now. And like I said, we have 13 positive tests so far. I mean, with the legitimate concerns all off season, how the NFL was going to keep doing a season right now as it stands. But as here we are right now, the Steelers, they are 3-0 right now uh, starting off. I mean, when we look at it, I mean, they, uh, t- they're taking care of business by being undefeated against AFC Conference opponents so far right now uh, in that area, which is good. I think the only little question mark right now is going to be the run game uh, throughout the season. But tell me, well, I mean, right now when you look at the pulse of it, I know the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, Lamar Jackson, he was voted as number one top 100 player on NFL Network, which was voted on by the players, which I felt like Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs should have got that. But you start to see like the Ravens right now. Steve Young brought up an interesting uh, fact Following the Monday Night Football game where they got upset by the Kansas City Chiefs in Baltimore, Patrick Mahomes right now is a perfect 3-0 against Lamar Jackson. Thankful for the Steelers fans, no disregard, won't get an argument from that. But when you really look at this real closely, Joey, I mean, you look at the Browns right now, I know there's like a little bit of legitimate concern by one Bob Pompiani, who I like to listen on 93.7 The Fan on the Bob Pompiani Show. He's also the very uh, face and host uh, well-respected in Pittsburgh of KDKA Pittsburgh right there on CBS. Uh, had even legitimate concerns that this guy might have been a first-round bust, but the Browns, here they are. They make a statement win today against the Cowboys. They didn't make it look pretty. They won, I think, by 11 points. They managed to hang on, almost cost a 27-point deficit right now. They're the, they're 3-1 for the first time since 2001. So with that being said right now, and I know the Bengals, they also picked up their first win of the year, too, just like the Steelers. They got a tie in their win-loss record to start off with, having the, uh, an abysmal season to start off for rookie quarterback Joe Burrow. But 
How much would you like stock would you buy into the Browns right now as they are constructed? I mean, versus the Ravens. I mean, you're going to still like give the edge to the Ravens right now because simply they are the Ravens, the defending AFC champs, and plus just like the running game that they have and what Lamar Jackson can still do with his legs. What's your take on the pulse of the AFC North? What team's in order? Is it still Ravens, then Browns, or would you go flip it, then go Browns, Ravens, then Bengals? What's your thought on that? Honestly, the Browns don't uh, scare me. Uh, yeah, they won today. They're 2-1 and one, uh, or whatever, whatever record they are. But they're... Uh, I, I mean, I, I think it speaks more about the Cowboys and how bad they are that uh, they uh, they the Browns destroyed them. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not. I mean, I I see I see the Browns as like a eight or nine win team. I don't, I'm not wouldn't be uh, too worried about them. The Ravens look legit. Yeah, they lost to the Chiefs, but then the Chiefs are uh, on another level right now. So. Uh, yeah, I think right now, still, if I was a, if I were to rank the AFC North teams, it would be Ravens, Steelers, Browns, and Bengals. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's definitely uh, fair enough to say. But you know, I know the Browns always seem to get be the butt end of jokes right now when it comes to doing that. I mean, if you really think about the history of that franchise too, and I still maintain to this day. I mean, I mean, like I said, you grew up in Pittsburgh. I've been. A, like consider like a lifelong Steelers fan myself. I became a diehard fan at 21. Always loved Cowher, Woodson, Bess. Then, of course, eventually Ben Hines and uh, James Harrison eventually down the line, which became my favorite. So I was, I'm 37 right now. But I will say this. I truly believe this with the Browns. What Ever since they lost their uh, players and their personnel to Baltimore, uh, which was a new franchise. They did not take the Browns name with them. They had to leave that behind because of their intellectual property. It challenged them in court. But my whole point in that is this. When they lost their team for three years right there, and they came back about a little over 21 years ago, it's been nothing but bad karma ever since for the Browns. They've been running into a lot of bad luck right there uh, at the time. I mean, that was still a once-respected franchise. I mean, who pretty much slowly started fading away until like the mid-90s as far as like being in the same breath as a threat to the Steelers and, and competitiveness. I really believe that had much of an effect right there. And at some point, you do got to start changing your fortunes around. Would you fair say to agree with some of that at all? Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, growing up, Browns and Steelers was that was the main rivalry. Uh, they that was just they, they just hated each other. It was uh, it was brutal, and then when the Browns moved to Baltimore, it, it's like it's like the rivalry shifted, and now I think the main rivalry is is Steelers and Ravens, and unfortunately the Browns. I mean, I don't want to call them a joke, but yeah, they they just have not been able to have a. Um, they're just not successful. They're not successful in the front office. They, they just seem to be. Uh, drowning, treading water, whatever. You know, they go after coach after coach year after year. It's always it's always a new coach, and then the coach they get is kind of a joke. They just cannot put it together yet. Uh, you know, I had my doubts about Baker Mayfield, but maybe he is legit. Uh, 
OBJ is is a great receiver. He had a great day today. Jarvis Landry is good. So they do have some weapons there. Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb are uh, are amazing. So they have the the, the building blocks there. Or, or some of them, and they, they have some good defensive players, but they just cannot get it together. You know, maybe maybe now they'll turn it around, but they really need some some stability because they go through a new coach every year. They just need to find a good coach and have a a, a good foundation, and then maybe they'll go somewhere. So, um, you know, maybe maybe someday they'll be you know legit. But right now, I'm looking at you know eight or nine. You know what, and the and the thing is too about Air Nine wins too. You also got to remember the playoffs are going to be officially expanded this year. Uh, one additional team per conference, right there. So that's going to bring a total of the fourteen teams. Something like Air Nine wins might be a best case scenario for a team like the Browns, who's like uh, trying to get some sort of satisfaction. That might be enough to be a wild card in the playoffs. I'm not going to say they're going to win the division, but like I said, I think right now in, in a lot of respectives, they remind me more like the Detroit Lions right there where you have like a team like Green Bay Packers you can never seem to figure out Aaron Rodgers or what ends up happening if he's not doing it it's probably either someone like the Vikings or maybe even the Bears who actually ended like uh nearly about nine years of not winning the NFC North back in 2018 that's the way I look at it for right now I, I I think the bottom line is this I, you know what, I've been hearing a lot throughout this whole offseason, including like last year or even during last year when they started off 0-3 and they started to get hot and they had their playoff destiny in their own hands at 8-5 and before they started going on a three-game uh, funk right there where they lost to the Bills, the Jets, and of course the Ravens, which was an ugly uh, loss right there than the season on that rainy day. Let's not bring that up again. But I really do believe right now, Steelers, I'm still kind of holding my breath on. I like the defense right now. Don't get me wrong. But I think they're still the biggest uh, X factor right now. It's not so much the secondary uh, per se. It's more so the free safety with a guy like Mika Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's been, when we look at him on profootballreference.com, I mean, I mean, he's still listed as a free safety on the Steelers' website, but he's also got strong safety right there, too. And I remember there was a couple of reporters that asked him throughout the offseason, uh, would you be uh, open to playing, like, strong safety? And he was pretty adamant about that. I got to really believe that there's one thing I could point to, like, why he's struggling this year. I mean, it's either that teams are just being smart, not trying to throw to this guy, or there's being a little bit of misuse uh, on that being used a little bit as a strong safety in addition to his pre-safety role to help a guy like Terrell Emmons. Yes, you do got Sean Davis. To that you say, is that a legitimate argument that why he's struggling because he's still slight strong safety? Take a little bit too much of a load? I think the I think you could lump Minka in with Joe Hayden, Nelson uh, Terrell Edmonds, basically everybody in the secondary and say they haven't been awesome this year. They've been good, but not awesome. And I think that's just a function of how often they blitz and how often uh, the defense puts them on an island. Um, in that first game against the Giants, their main objective was stop Saquon Barkley. And they were going to do everything in uh and, and throw everything at stopping Saquon Barkley. Uh, but what that does is it left Daniel Jones, basically they dared Daniel Jones to beat them. 
Uh, and since he's since he's uh, uh, Daniel Jones, not that not that good, not yet. Um, he you know he has some good throws, he has some touchdowns, but uh, in the end, the, uh, the the Steelers were able to, to beat him. So I think that's a that's why the entire secondary has not looked great is because basically they've been. Uh, put on an island. They've basically been hung out the dry, so to speak. Just, just basically not not gotten a lot of help. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, you know, look at that last game against Houston. In the first half, uh, Deshaun Watson was carving them up. Right. And the offense was uh, was doing great. Then in the second half, they changed things up and they and they shut it down. So I think the defense is still trying to figure things out. But you know, so. Maybe Minka is not having the you know as good of a uh, season this year statistically as he did last year, but we'll see how that all works out. Um, we'll see how the defense moves going forward. You, you'd think since they brought back almost everybody that they right. would be a well-oiled machine and they would know exactly what to do, but maybe they're still trying to figure things out. Yeah, I mean the thing is too. I mean I understand the adjusted pass yards. I mean it's not that bad. I mean there. I mean as far as like I just did like a little research this past week, and I did like my own rankings as far as like where they rank at on offense and defense within the AFC North. Forget the league or the AFC, but right now the Steelers right now have the second best uh, passing uh, defense, only allowing 708 yards. Uh, Cincinnati uh, Bengals right now, to their credit, even though they are losing right now, that seems to be one of the things going. They still got a few key pieces on defense right there, only 632 yards. Uh, Pittsburgh right now, for the moment, I mean, number one in uh, completion percentage defending against right there. I mean, when, when you really think about it. But also, too, my only beef with the Steelers you got to understand this, too. Two out of their first three games, you gave up 37 points to losing teams and non-playoff teams. I think that's, I mean, yeah, it's early. And I know some people will point to, well, they didn't really have a preseason. But you know Mike Tom is a guy who's not going to really, like, give an inch on that, especially when it comes to speaking to the media when when you really look at it. I mean, that guy is a man of high integrity. You may not agree with some of his game management calls at times, but this guy has a lot of pride on that respect. So, like I said, the way I'm looking at the Steelers season right now, you've only beaten one playoff team. It was a losing team, but it was still a playoff team for the previous year, even though they are struggling mightily without DeAndre Hopkins. I I just still, it's a little bit more of a wait and see right now. Ben Rosberg is doing good right now, surprisingly, only having one pick throughout this. People are getting a little bit of a dig seeing him as a game manager, but I, I still want to see once it gets late in the season, is he going to revert to that old Big Ben mentality where he was the last few years, where he's going to try and force some throws in crunch time right there and cost games and throw some crucial turnovers? Like I said, I like where they're at, but it's still week-by-week basis, if you ask me. I think the defense, I'm liking it right now. It's still got much more improvements, and I don't want to get like a mentality thinking, like, do we have to hold our breath? that we're going to be seeing a defense that has to worry about holding on to leads late in games. I think there's a couple of reasons why the defense has not looked great. I think, you know, no matter, and I agree, I think Tomlin is a good coach, but no matter what 
you know, not having a traditional training camp, not having preseason games, not having OTAs, that's going to hurt a team regardless of how good the coach is. But everybody's on the on the same playing playing field at the end of the day. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but the at the end of the day too, yes, these are unforeseen circumstances. I don't mean to cut you off. I apologize for that. But you also gotta look at it too. At the end of the day, these are still veterans on the field. You have Jimmy Johnson right now who's about to be enshrined with Cowher and Canton in 2021 as opposed to this year, who even said too, I mean when he used to coach the Cowboys and then the Dolphins He's one of the guys who's like the proponent of like giving the stamp of approval that you really don't necessarily need a preseason as long as you're getting what you are in training camp. Yes, there's been some laughs as far as like what you do with the limitations, but at the end of the day, these are some veterans on the field right there. It still comes down to me as like communication on the field because the thing is that second game of the season with the Broncos, that nearly cost them with the defensive penalties. So far, they're doing good in that area. They're towards the bottom of that. I believe they're about 30, 31st as far as uh, penalties given up. So that's a good sign right there. They're towards the bottom of that list. But it's still sometimes you still got to look at a team like Tom and still remember disciplined football still seems to be at question when it follows him as a coach of this team. Yeah, I, I think penalties have always been an issue at various times and various seasons uh, for the Steelers. Yeah, um, yeah, there are times when they get heavily penalized, and then they they work that out. They they, they fix it, and um, you know, then later on in the season, they don't have as many penalties. Um, I think another issue is I think just the league in general just is favoring the offense too much. So when you say, well, the Steelers defense isn't doing that great, I mean, relatively, they're number two in the league um, in yards per game given up. So, um, you know, I, I think it's all relative. When they when we say, oh, well, they're giving up this or giving up that, it's like, you know, but every defense is. I think that's just the way it is. I think um, off, I, I, I think, yeah. The rules and the officials and everything are heavily uh, favoring offense. I know in that Denver game uh, when there was like penalty after penalty, I swear, you know, I'm a wrestling fan. I swear there was some evil refs going on and, and they were they were really rooting for the Broncos or something like that. Some of those p- penalties looked uh, really ticky tacky. So. so you mean to try to tell me they were trying to help out Slick Vic Fangio, Slick Vic, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, they were. Uh, yeah. Slick Vic was uh, was uh, slipping him something or something, but yeah, um, yeah. I think I think it's just all relative, and the Steelers' defense relative to other teams, I think, still have a really good defense. It's just not totally pretty right now because of a whole bunch of factors. Yeah, and that's the thing, and I'm not dismissing it. Don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, you gotta understand. Super Bowl caliber type defense, yet alone minimum playoff defense, which a lot of people was expecting this team as long as they still stay healthy. This is a hard sport, as everyone knows, it is to stay healthy. But on the flip side of that, too, when you got a guy like Ben Roethlisberger uh, back right now, and you look at where the offensive line has been holding up as far as like uh, since his return, I mean, there's still a little, a little bit more need to be worked as far as like fixing the run game, but the, they're number one as far as protecting their quarterback within the division, only giving, or number two in the division, excuse me, with only giving up uh, t- t- 14 sacks so far at this point. And 
that, that that's the only thing because you gotta look at it this way. If Ben does miss any significant amount of time once again, you gotta remember too. Yes, we got this defense, but don't forget down the stretch, like I just mentioned a few moments ago, I think the defense uh burnt out at the end. They were doing a lot more of the laboring right there to help with a struggling offense when you had the flip between Mason Rudolph and Devil Hodge for a streak of games. That's going to be the biggest X factor. And I want to ask you, speaking of the quarterbacks on this depth chart, uh, how do you like the return of a guy like Josh Dobbs coming back to this team, uh, being the number three guy on the depth chart behind Rudolph and Ben? It's nice, but, I mean, honestly, if they have to use Mason or Duck or Josh Dobbs for any a lengthy period of time this team is screwed basically they put all their eggs in the band baskets um that's why you know that was like the number one question in the offseason uh from outsiders is why didn't they get a, a number two quarterback why didn't they get Jameis winston why didn't they get cam newton it's because they basically said our we're putting everything on ben we're riding ben and whatever happens happens uh i mean if, if mason has to go in there you know, maybe he'll be improved from last year, but you know, the, the the difference in the play of the quarterback this year and last year is so big. Um, you know, with with Mason or Duck, it's quarterback this year the Steelers are one and two or zero and three. Um it, it's it that's just that's just how it is. I mean, you, you know, Ben always gets a little bit hurt every year. So hopefully it's just a short amount of time and nothing lengthy because if Ben is down for a uh, lengthy period of time, you could forget about uh, playoff or Super Bowl aspirations. But I mean, but the numbers like somewhere around two, three games, I think you kind of slip by with that. Don't get me wrong. I think two, three games you could be okay with. I mean, like if he if he does go out and misses any time, if we're talking about like almost two months. I mean, like, or a month and a half to two months. Yeah, I can understand where that could, like, definitely hurt a lot of momentum. I don't think it would kill him if he had to miss, like, two, three games without him. I think they could definitely shoulder the job right there. I, I Definitely when you look at a guy like Mason Rudolph, overall evaluation, uh, I'm not one of the many people who sold on this guy uh, being his successor. What's your thoughts? Do you echo in with me on that, or do you side to a little bit, like, a Try and calm me down, like, why he's still hanging around if Ben does decide to hang it up. He's not. I, I, I don't think he's a successor. Um, if he is, if he has to play, he is basically what you would call a game manager. Someone that could just, you know, right. be okay. And hopefully, I mean, because last year he, 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 he wasn't even that. He wasn't even, you know. What, what you would consider average for for an NFL quarterback. So, uh, no, he is not the long-term answer. I think he's a long-term backup. I think he's someone that if you need him to play, you know, half of a game or, or one or two games or something like that, okay, fine, we can get away with that. I mean, basically, he's the level of uh, Landry Jones. Uh, you know, basically, he's, he's that. Uh, and he needs to... Uh, he, he, he needs to improve to, to get to that level of being like a solid uh, backup quarterback. But basically, that is, that's all. You know, for whenever Ben retires, and I mean, right now I think he's looking good, and I think now he could play for at least another one or two years, maybe three years, and maybe they don't even have to think about the long-term solution of quarterback yet. But uh, that's basically the Steelers' philosophy is we're going to ride Ben, and 
we're not going to invest more in a, another backup quarterback. We're not going to spend millions. We don't have that money to, to, to go around. So uh, if if Mason or Duck need to be in there, hopefully it's just a very uh, short amount of time. You know what? And that's another thing you brought that up, too. You store the words right out of my mouth. I mean, like, the thing is, too, with this whole COVID, you also got to remember the salary cap. I know a lot of people are still kind of, like, moaning and, like, like wondering what the bleep that we didn't even try a guy like James Wiss or Cam Newton. But you also got to remember, too, this salary cap is for real, too, where this could still drop at the very maximum $35 million, and which could probably put the Steelers like around like 15, close to 21 I mean, $20 million, basically salary cap hell if that were to happen. But at the same time, too, I I truly believe their biggest secret weapon the Steelers have. You know who that is? Kevin Colbert. As long as Kevin Colbert is still willing to accept... I mean, going on with this team, I know he's been wanting to do year to year and not making any long-term commitments. I mean, he's near the end of his road. I mean, there's still rumors about him possibly going to the Carolina Panthers. But as long as you have that stability working with Omar Khan right there, figure out these uh, the contracts right there. Look, they were able to sign Cam Hayward at the end of the preseason right there. I mean, so, I mean, it makes more sense to take care of their own versus get a guy like a a quarterback of Cam Newton or Jameis Winston. I think that was a very smart move. And also, what do you think of this uh, philosophy? And this is just my own. Uh, Because even Art Rooney II, who actually did an interview with Ed Boucher of The Athletic, who's covered this team for a long time, Hall of Fame writer uh, in the Steelers for the Dick McCann Award, uh, he was even told by Art Rooney II that they're even interested in signing Ben Rosberg beyond 2021. When I hear that, I feel that's a sign right there. They must be getting some information from their scouts because remember, barely college football teams are coming back to play. You got Big Ten coming back at the end of this month. There's some teams who haven't fully returned yet, but I gotta believe right now from their scouting department right there with everybody, they don't have a ton of confidence right now in the quarterback farm market and where they can see themselves being propped up in the draft to even trade up for one. I think that's a big telling sign for me. Say you. I think it's a little early to, to know what the quarterback prospects are. Um, I, I think it's all about Ben and I think they wanted to see how Ben was going to do this year, you know, coming off a major surgery like that and especially at his who knows how he was going to come back and so far he has looked I don't want to say great I don't want to say like he is in his prime but still very good uh, so uh, you know all things considered uh, you know as long as his, his, his as he doesn't get any other major injuries as long as his body holds up I could easily see him say, uh, playing past 2021 his contract is up next year and they uh, reworked it so right now it is ridiculously uh, a ridiculously high number so yeah but the same but the same time hearing beyond 2021 that says a lot right so there they're gonna have to extend it and uh, uh, you know just just to get under the cap I think right as of right now they're like 16 million over the cap for next year if it stays at 175 million so it's yeah it's, I think it all depends on Ben, and Ben looks good, so I could easily see him being here way past 2021, probably into either 22 or 23, and if that's the case, then they won't have to worry about thinking about the the quarterback of the future for a while. It's not like 
you know, I mean, I guess you could have them hanging around uh, just in case if you want to, but um, that's not totally necessary. You just, you know, draft somebody two or three years from now. Yeah, I, I definitely agree on that. But I mean, at the same time, too, when you got a guy like his stature, I mean, as long as he's willing to go, and we'll see how he does the recovering year number one with this throwing elbow. Remember, I look at it like a throwing elbow as if you got to replace an engine on your car. That's how severe this injury is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they might have repaired it, and he might have had problems with that elbow for years. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think the elbow will be fine for the next few years. I'm no, I'm no arm expert by any means, but still, I, I think the elbow will be fine. Uh, I think it's just the other factors that have to play into. Basically, you know, he's old. <laughs> old quarterbacks eventually uh, fall off. Eventually, they they get bad and and they're not good anymore. So let me let me ask you a question. Do you think Ben Rosberg we redid his wedding vows and then they just did the whole reception? You know how the traditional thing is when you're toasting the guy who just got married. Do you think they gave him like a little motivation and said, "Yo, Ben, raise your hand up, your arm up right here next to your wife and say." You know, I just want to let you know, this is going to be the last time we're going to have the upper hand and joy because it's not going to last. Do you think maybe that kind of sparked him this season? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Uh, Hey, you never know, man. I mean, anything you got to do, any kind of like uh, myths or whatever you believe in, like get the sky like, you know, like back on track, man. Whatever you got to do, whatever you believe, who knows? (laughs) Well, that's why I was done. I I know all of the people that have said bad things about him like that. There's that one schmuck that said he was a fourth best quarterback in the AFC North and things like that. So, so many, so many quote unquote experts were uh, out. So I know he hears those things and I know he uses that as motivation. So, uh, uh, so yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, and I think there were still those issues of, from two years ago of people saying, oh, you're nothing without Antonio Brown. No. Antonio Brown made you. He still had to answer those questions. So, uh, you know, he had a lot of motivation. But at the end of the day, too, when you look at a guy's resume, don't get me wrong, Antonio Brown, yes, him and Antonio Brown were the best quarterback receiver duo under his uh, career, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, too, you gotta look, understand something, too. Ben Rosberg did have the privilege of riding a good defense for his uh, first eight years in the league, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, Will's first eight years, towards the, like, Bill Cowers last year and when Mike Thomas started coming around, that's when you started seeing improvements with his passing game. Listen, he was able to, like, make it work with a guy like Santana Holmes, Super Bowl MVP, your last Super Bowl champion right there, as a receiver, as I can recall, uh, Heath Miller, he had a lot of years, a good bulldog in that area. Uh, he even dealt with Mike Wallace before he went over to Miami. He had a few good runs right there uh, before Antonio Brown was being dynamic on special teams and slowly just helping stretch the field right there, coming to his own. And then I still even remember a guy, like aside from Plax Warriors, Travis Brandt. Here's another name uh, you would never think I would uh, bring up. You know who that is? Who? Jericho Cotchery. Jericho Cotri was not a bad red zone target for him during those times. My whole point in all this, even with Juju Smith-Schuster at the end of the day, look, they made each other, but I definitely believe with the play calling, with the offense corners, like a Bruce Arians, even though he took a lot more sacks and punishment under Arians' uh, offense play calling, but Todd Haley 
and Randy Feekner, at the end of the day, too, the play calling he benefited from, he was able to execute the West Coast offense. So, in the degree, no offense, guys like Antonio Brown, who's watching and listening, I'm sorry, but you know what? Ben Rosberg's had a hand in making you in your career just as much you uh, took him to the next level. Fair to say? I, yeah, I mean, I, I think Antonio Brown was the, the best you know, wide receiver that you know Ben had ever had to work with. I mean, I think he was in, you know one of the best ever, and the way that ended and what's what's happened with him ever since is just a uh, is crazy and sad. But um, I think it also changed how Ben did uh, operated. I think he looked for Antonio a little bit too much, and he would throw it to him in situations where he really shouldn't have and sometimes it caused uh, mistakes. I think that's another reason he said he wanted to come back is because this defense has gotten a lot better. Uh, A few years ago, the defense was just not good enough. Uh, Basically, when Ryan Shazier got hurt, they just did not replace him until they found Devin Bush. So they had... You know, they had to rely, if they wanted to win, they had to rely on Ben Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. They basically had to rely on the offense, and that is simply not the case anymore. Now it's, uh, you know, the defense, you, you have a good defense. And, I mean, so far, you know, they've had, they've I think they've averaged about 27 points a game, and that's pretty good. So, uh, you know, we'll see if they, have, if they can keep that up. Um, and, and if the defense can improve, I was hoping the defense would limit teams to um, less than 20 so that the Steelers would only have to score, you know, in, in, the, in the mid-20s. So we'll see how that goes. But um, I think that's another reason Ben said he wanted to come back is because he saw that this defense was so good. And he saw that uh, you know, if he was just, you know, just just good enough that they could win a lot of games. And I think also... You know, you don't have one superstar like Antonio Brown now, but you can spread it out with a lot of good. I think this this wide receiver group in general, just the group as it is, is one of the best the Steelers have had in a long time. Juju, uh, Deontay, James Washington, Chase Claypool, and Eric Ebron, they're all very good. So you, you don't have one superstar, but you do have a lot of good options there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you do you do got some legitimate options right there, but at the end of the day, too, I'm going to give Ben Rosper the benefit of the doubt. Don't get me wrong. He did get a little, pretty much used to Antonio Brown. I'm not going to deny that. But at the same time, too, let's not dismick, dismiss also big Ben Rosper's by a work, what he's meant to that franchise. There's no, it's no secret why he's through for over 57 yards, thousand yards uh, touchdown passes right there. Don't get me wrong. I mean, at the same time, too, this guy has been elusive, dynamic, and just as much in the conversation for being a big-game quarterback at the end of the day. He's got the numbers right there and can pretty much hurl it with just as much as anybody, if you ask me. Uh, But for moving on from that subject, we just got a few more minutes real quick. I want to just wrap this up uh, in just a minute or two. Uh, What has been your assessment so far with Anthony McFarlane and the running back rotation right now? I heard uh, David DeCastro right now. Uh, like I mentioned, he was uh, showing some nice little praise uh, for uh, McFarlane, and he told uh, Dale Lally that he's a great young back. He's talented. I like the way he moves in space, his cutting ability. He's just very fluid, and he's young, too, which is great in that position. And of course, everyone remembers, too, the Steelers have been taking uh, mid-round uh, running backs in the last couple years of the draft, with, of course, recently being Benny Snell and then J- Jalen Samuels, 
the season before. I think Samuels is at the end of his rope right now with the team uh, in due time. But what's your assessment? What do you like in McFarland from what you see so far? Do you see him moving up in the depth chart as the season goes on? Because something seems to be alarming with Snell. No offense. He said that one 100-yard game. And know Connors had that burst towards the end of the game, which put him over 100, 100-yard rush in the fall week. But what about McFarland? Can we make a case on this guy just yet? I think the future is very bright for him. Um, we did see him a little last uh, game, and it looked very promising. Uh, the one thing that you know he really has for him is the speed. Um, it's 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 very exciting. I think um, I think you know hopefully they'll just stop play McFarland more and more. I think he's a victim of this whole situation where there were no OTAs, no regular practices, no uh, real training camp, right. preseason games, things like that. I think he was a victim of, and as has been most rookies of all of that. So, uh, you know, he's going to be have to work. He's going to have to be worked in eventually and, and gradually. And I think he will, but he's shown a lot of promise. Right. Um, you know, as, as for Benny Snell, uh, he really, he really hurt himself with all those fumbles, and it you know it wasn't just it wasn't just one. It's I think it was like four fumbles in the last five games or something like that. Just really, uh, you just can't do that as an NFL running back. So, uh, you know, I did see that he played a little bit last game. Maybe they played him just to uh, get his confidence up or something like that. So, I mean, he will be necessary if Connor gets hurt. I think Connor is fine as the main guy, and you sprinkle in. Uh, McFarlane a little bit and, and uh, Banks down a little bit, that's fine. Jalen Samuels, I never want to see on the field again. I am not a fan. Maybe as a, maybe as a third down pass catcher, that's it. But I do not want to see him running anymore. I am just uh, not a fan of him as a running back. His 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 final moment of glory was that New England game two years ago when they beat them late in the season, despite the fact they did not go on to make the playoffs. That was his last try, if you ask me. In my opinion, that really stood out for that guy, that game. Yeah, he had that one game, and um, that was his rookie year, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was uh, interesting because he didn't play much running back in college, so kind of had to learn the position. And yeah, he had a really good game, but uh, other than that, he's just uh, not that good of a running back. Good as a, good as a pass catcher, that's fine, but just not good at running. So uh, they have other options now. Uh, I, I like Connor and would like to see more of McFarlane. Snell, we'll, we'll see if they could uh, work him in a little bit, but definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I think unfortunately when we think of like running backs, I mean, that is the most uh, crucial thing right there is trying to show that ball security. I think especially when you're not just like uh, helping out, like uh, doing pass catches, but just securing the ball when you're trying to make move with your legs and just uh, move the chains. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, the last guy who I really feel sorry for, that kind of got scapegoated a bit. And this future, I think, wasn't too much long uh, after this. And this came in the playoffs like about about five years ago. And I'll talk about none other than uh, Fitz uh, Toussaint right there, who actually had to fill in for like guys like Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams in that Broncos divisional playoff loss right there. I think some people still have a fresh memory of that. And at the end of the day, there's a, like Mike Tom would always say, the standard is a standard for that. So that that'll be my uh, closing thought on that. 
Yeah, I mean, that that, that uh, fits Toussaint game in the playoffs that really hurt the Steelers. He made a crucial fumble and cost them the game. So I, it just speaks to that you need as much depth as possible. You know, everybody uh, everybody contributes. So, you know, when, when it's your time, it's your time, and you better be in, uh, ready to step in. Like you said, the standard is the standard. Regardless of where you are on the depth chart, you are asked to contribute, so you better do that. So, yeah, depth is very important. Yeah, so uh, real quickly, uh, before we wrap up over here, where where would you say uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 right now? I know it's this would have been their fourth game, but where would you grade them on a scale of 1 to 10 with this team where they're at right now? I, I know it's still on the field, still with some question marks, but just yell on the fact being atop the AFC North, which you could say that they haven't been in two years, still got to finish it. But where, what what number would you give them right now? I would, if I were giving them a grade, I would say a B. Um, I think they're very much a work in progress. Uh, I think they have a lot of things to work out, but especially on offense, Ben needs to figure out how to work with everybody. Uh, you know, you also had, you know, Eric Ebron is, is, is a new guy. Also some new guys on the uh, offensive line. So. I think just in general, they need to figure things out. And it's a wonderful thing that as they're figuring things out, they're still winning games. So it's a great thing. I think the defense still needs uh, some things to figure out. So uh, I like where they're headed. It's it's great that they're winning and, and still uh, not uh, a well-oiled machine. Um, they're on their way, but you know, right now, it's, it's, it's great winning. We we saw how terrible it was uh, last season when they were losing all the time. So uh, I'll take any win anyway. I'll definitely give it like a B minus for right now. I'm not going to give them a solid B, but I mean, there's still work to be done. I mean, more than ETI, I think, with this team right now. So we'll see how this comes on. Um, I would definitely like to do this again with you, have you back on, like hopefully about halfway at the season, if, if you're willing to hop back on with me, if your schedule allows. Sure, sure. Yeah, I love that. Uh, real quick before I let you go, uh, you got any, like, more exciting projects? I know you mentioned you're talking about, like, a lot of, like, Pittsburgh sports. I mean, just growing up around Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania right there. I mean, with your show, uh, I know you do. You said you do Steeler Brawl, of course, uh, the Bag of Donut uh, podcast right there. Uh, tell us uh, what you got coming up in the works right now with that show. Uh, any other uh, special guests or uh Tops you want to get into that you want to share with the audience real quick and uh, any other platforms I might have missed uh, when I introduced you that you want to like bring up P- please feel free um, where they could c- follow you mainly yeah um, the uh, yeah the donut bag is on Apple Podcasts basically anywhere where podcasts are uh, found uh, it you know anytime I do a search there there's some new podcast platform out there there's right. many of them but uh so anywhere anywhere they, there's podcasts uh, you, you'll find the donut bag yeah i i talk to uh i talk to people about the steelers i also, also do an nfl recap every monday um also do other things like you know talk about tv shows and music and movies and stuff like nice that. Basically, basically whatever whatever uh, strikes my fancy whatever i'm uh whatever interests me but yeah i'm i'm mostly on twitter i'm i'm i basically live there that is my uh that's my bread and butter i'm i'm always on there so i'm always uh up to talk about anything 
Nice. Well, hey, it was a pleasure uh, having you on once again, Joey, uh, right now. Uh, thank you very much. Definitely like to keep in touch, my man. And sorry again earlier about the Bill Cowher spit joke, by the way. I hope I didn't cross any lines right there. Sorry about that. Oh, earlier. no, that was not. Nah, no, nah, that's okay. That was hey, you know, that's like one of the things that... That's one of the things that stands out towards the bottom of the list with cowards, you know, with the chin and, like, the spit being flied. I mean, but you know what? I got to tell you, of all the Steelers coaches, he's been my favorite, uh, right with Mike Tomlin. It's him and Tomlin for my lifetime. It's been, like, a deadlock tie. But if I had to edge it over to someone, I'd still go just a little bit more with Cowher. I love the intensity just as much and just... Honestly, I just think Cowher, no offense at the end of the day, this is why we say about him. He hardly ever saw any drama with the players that he coached. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he didn't have his moments or his antics on the sideline or whatever. But I, I guess in fairness, he didn't really have to deal with personalities like uh, Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell. So he's had his moments, I think, with guys like Greg Lloyd or maybe like uh, Kevin Green at times or LeVon Kirkland. We'll see. But that would that, just be my take. Well, let, let me just say, the things that Cower had to deal with are nothing. Like, and I know it's we're only talking about a difference of, what, 15, 20, 25 years. But the world is so different, and the world of sports is so different between 25 years and now. The things that people had to go through, you know, Cower never had to go through uh you know, the Kaepernick kneeling thing and stuff like that. So who knows how he would have handled those things. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, he's he's a great coach and, you know, a Steelers legend and, and all that. But, you know, it's, it's hard to compare eras because things are so different now than they were 20, 25 years ago. So, you know, well, who knows? Who knows how, how it would have been? I, I think Tomlin... He has his faults. He's not perfect. But I think overall, he's still one of the best coaches in the league. And I'm, I'm glad he's a coach of the Steelers. Definitely agree. You're definitely starting to see the very special uh, makings, not just as like result-wise, but just your overall man and the human being, the leader he is in that locker room. Hey, uh, I just wanted to say, Joey, once again, great stuff. Thanks again for uh, fulfilling this Sunday. Uh, great content right here. Definitely like to get up more with you later on. And uh Right now, keeping our fingers crossed, you just uh, like Sting from WCW and Impact Wrestling once upon a time said, because you brought up wrestling earlier when they had the NWO storyline about what side is going to jump on. I always apply this saying, not just in life, but sports as well. One thing's for sure, nothing's for sure. It's so true. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? Hopefully, the. COVID situation in the NFL has been uh, nipped in the bud. Hopefully this is the worst of it, and um, hopefully that's it. So hopefully we'll, we'll get lots more games and there won't be inter any more interruptions. Uh, let's just keep our fingers crossed. This would be my last proposition, and I know I sound like broker record, but I promise my last point, but this is what I would do when you got delays like this. If you don't have that Chiefs Patriots at the last moment, that has to be canceled. I, I were I would stew like the last week of the season. You know how it usually start like ends like around like first week of January or last week of December. Well I would do have those makeup games occur like about like that week or like or like a week after that. If you need more time to stretch out and then what I would do I'd start the playoffs like around Martin Luther King weekend holiday right there. Start off around there, you have the wild card round, then a week later you have the divisional 
and then the conference championship, and then two weeks later, the NFL gets what they want as long as the players' union is on board with it. You get to end the Super Bowl and the season on President's Day weekend, which would be uh, February 14th on Valentine's Day, day before President's Day. That would be my pitch if, if I were to come up with something. Who knows what they're going to do. Maybe they'll cut by. I saw something that said, well, what if there were only 12 games in the season or something like that? Who knows? Who knows how this is all going to work out? It's, uh, yeah, hope for the best. You know, there's, there's no fans in the stands for the most part, so it is different, but... You, you, you just hope for something. Don't take anything for granted, that's for sure. Definitely. Well, Joey, glad to have you on. Uh, definitely uh, be safe, my man. Uh, keep in touch. Enjoy the NFL football games and your Steelers. And where else you like to cover, like, off the side and peace, my man. Uh, gl- glad to have you on. Definitely like to be in touch. You take care now. All right. Thank you, too. All right, Joey. Well, once again, everybody, that was uh, Joey here uh, who of the Adult Bag uh, Podcast, which is part of the pub Podhub Network and Steelers Brawl, which he also does too. Like I said, you can catch him every Monday's right there. Uh, he can be followed uh, once again on his social media on uh, Twitter at Joey Bag of Donuts. That's O V. That's not O F Donuts. And then on Instagram at the Donut Bag Podcast. You can check out his shows. Uh, like I said, if you go uh, his his like a uh, site that you see on his uh, Twitter page. Uh, you can definitely uh, check out his uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Breaker, Overcast, Spreaker, and Spotify. And for myself, uh, if you guys uh, miss the live stream show, I definitely pull them up on my platforms. Uh, like I said, uh, Mixcloud, Anchor, Spotify, which includes other platforms off of Anchor. Uh, such uh, I failed to mention this before. Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. As I always leave you, Charles Proudge Ritchie of the Mastial Podcast. Don't be trolling, be rolling. Steelers in first place at the end of the weekend, being undefeated. Here we go, Steelers, here we go. I gone. <laughs>